Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. We're back again with another episode of the Dig Dig, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Trisha Willem, who's the head of social performance for Anglo-American, one of the largest and most diverse mining companies in the world. Um, Trisha has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the mining industry um, and has been, um, and her experience has been around sustain, sustainable development, social performance, stakeholder engagement, resettlement and social impact assessment. Um, and we're here today to, to get a more in-depth um, discussion around sort of ESG, social performance, um, and how we as a mining community can better prepare ourselves for the, uh, for the future within the industry around obviously these, uh, these particular topics. So that's welcome, um, Tricia, to the podcast. How are you doing, Tricia? Yeah. Hi, Rob. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, and I appreciate you uh, taking up your valuable time as well. Um, so, wondered if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself, your career, your background. Um, obviously, you're working for Anglo American at the moment, but I wondered if you could, if we could re- rewind to yourself getting into the industry um, and to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course, happy to. So I'll uh, remove any questions from your listeners' minds. Uh, the accent you hear is a Canadian one. I. Started out my career in um, a financial institution, actually. So working at Export Development Canada, which is the Canadian Export Credit Agency. They do quite a lot of insurance and financing with Canadian companies um, across all industries, but a particular focus around extractive industries. I started out with them working in political risk and human rights uh, analysis and was really fortunate to cover the sub-Saharan African region. And I was in that role through the whole commodities boom that happened in sort of 2006, 2007, found myself sort of inadvertently with a significant focus on mining because of the kinds of issues that I was looking at. And there was a lot of Canadian companies interested in the region at that time. Um, I then moved across to our environment team and took up a role as a social specialist in that team. And the focus there was really around ensuring that our clients were meeting the bank's standards when it came to environmental and social performance um, in order for them to secure financing and uh, insurance. And um, so I was with them all told for about 10 years. And then at that point, um, made the move across to Anglo-American. So moved to London and took up a role in what was then the government social affairs team. The team's evolved quite a lot over the last number of years. And so now we... um, well, I, we've got quite a few different teams that sort of sit with what with, within what was then um, a much smaller team, and uh, and now I head up the social performance team. Yeah. Been and yeah, been with the company. It'll be ten years in September. All right, congratulations. So, um, so you're that obviously head of social performance. Um, I wanted you to just give us your overview, or your interpretation of social performance. Yeah, sure. So I get this question a lot. And if you'll allow me, Rob, I like to start sometimes by saying what it's not. So social performance is not philanthropy. It is not uh, donations to local communities. It's not the one-off 
public consultation process that might happen to secure one's licenses and permits. Uh, it's not building roads and clinics and infrastructure in a local community. So what is it then? Uh, well, it's essentially what we're talking about with social performance is all of those ongoing continuous activities that are uh, happening with local communities and local stakeholders around the mining activities, around the impacts that might be occurring or that need to be managed, the ongoing engagement, um, and then really trying to bring all of those external considerations internally into the, the way that, that an operation is being managed and the way that the business is being run and those kinds of decisions that we're making on both a short, medium, and longer-term horizon. So okay. some people think of it as a sort of everything that one's doing in order to secure and maintain your social license to operate. It's not a term that I like very much, social license to operate, but it's pretty commonly used in this context. Um, so how has social performance sort of changed in, I suppose, more recent years? And obviously, over the last two years, a lot of things have happened, but probably go a little bit back before then. But how 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 has social performance changed in sort of recent recent years? And also, what, what you guys at Anglo-American have been doing? Yeah, so social performance is a term that's been around for quite some time, I would say. Um, but in terms of the practice, I think if you went back about, say, 10 years ago, um, what, what people were referring to then as social performance was probably, by and large, community relations and, and also community social investment. So some of those things that I referred to at the beginning in terms of what social performance is not. Um, and if you fast forward to today, in terms of what we're talking about, it's that really sort of proactive, strategic approach uh, again, you know, community relations and, and local stakeholder engagement is, is really critical to that. Um, but it's really this effort around understanding the local context in a much more sophisticated way, anticipating what some of the potential impacts might be, proactively managing those. And, and those, again, depending on the context you're in, would cut across quite a, a, um, a significant number of areas, right? So things like cultural heritage management. Um, indigenous in engagement with indigenous communities, uh, resettlement, community resettlement where it may need to happen, land access, um, things like contractor social management. So, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of companies in the industry have to think about quite a lot is the activities of their contractors. You know, there's huge use of uh, of contract companies or contract labor across a lot of mining assets. And so really needing to take responsibility for the actions and the impacts of those entities as well. And then what does that mean in terms of the way that you would select your contractors, onboard them, and think about their performance uh, over, over the course of the time that they're working for you? Yeah. What would you say are some of the common themes um, among mining companies in general that you see around their around their social performance and what aren't they doing which you would which which you would see you would think they should be they should be more focusing on what sort of some of those common things would you say i mean i think one of the key things is probably this need to be proactive um again i think the tendency with community relations type work has been you know, to, to sort of firefight or to, to deal with problems as they arise. So rather than taking a more kind of strategic view or a proactive approach to say, okay, you know, give you an example. 
you're planning a, an expansion at a given site. Okay, well, what's the what's the schedule? What's the footprint? What are the different impacts that may be felt or experienced by the local communities? What are the conversations and what's the engagement that we need to be having with some of those communities and some of those like local stakeholders about what we're planning? And some of that might mean actually, you know, entering into into various engagements and realizing, oh, you know, we thought we were going to build a a bypass road that was going to go from point A to point B. That's not going to work because of, say, it's land access issues, or maybe there's cultural heritage impacts that would not be acceptable either to the local community or maybe even to the regulator. There could be local legislation that you're going to have to deal with that would be quite complicated and time consuming. And so instead, what we're going to need to do is think about a different route. So how could we, you know, maybe it's point A to point C, D, E, whatever it might be, but how are you going to factor some of those things into into the planning and and into project design and things like that. So that's, I think that's one area where we would see um, other companies and ourselves at times not getting things right. You know, we're basically not bringing these considerations in early enough and and really taking a proactive approach. Um, I think another aspect would be around the capacity and capability. So again, I think it probably goes without saying, and it probably cuts across a lot of other areas, that if you don't have the right people doing the right work, you will end up with problems at some at some point. Um, and so really trying to look at, you know, do we have teams at site level that have the skills, that have the experience, and that are uh, that have sufficient capacity that they can actually do this work in a proactive way? You know, whenever you've got a team that's um, sort of, you know, bare minimum in terms of, of that capability and and that sort of size, it's oftentimes what you'll find is they're going to go into firefighting mode because it's sort of all they can manage. They sort of run around from from one problem to the next and and don't really have that time to be able to be planning things out over the longer term. Um, Obviously, ESG is getting a lot of tension um, these days and probably over the last few years. How does social performance fit in with ESG? and are we just talking about about the S? So with social performance, we'd be talking about uh, large parts of that S in the ESG, definitely. But typically, what you would see is that the S is is defined more broadly than that. So it would also cover occupational health and safety um, work we might be doing around inclusion and diversity, and also just more broadly, I think across our human resources uh, policies and approaches and things like that. So, so definitely social performance is a, a big part of the S, but it's also really critical to the E and the G as well. So um, if you look at environment, you know, the reasons why we care about things like air quality and noise and water quality and water access and, and a lot of that, I mean, most of the time that's going to come down to the human impact that it has if we're not getting those things right. Um, and actually the, the importance that we would place to some of that work absolutely needs to be influenced by the presence of local communities in the area and the concerns of local stakeholders um, and things like that. So so the S is really critical to the E. And then it's also really important to the G as well. Um, And one of the things I think we increasingly see is that where you're not getting some of that governance piece right, or where the organizational culture perhaps doesn't support improved performance across, again, environment or safety or health, you'll see the same kinds of challenges and the same kinds of problems in that S 
space, you know, with social performance. So um, it's a, there's a lot of commonalities there where, you know, it comes down to leadership and behaviors and accountabilities and, and people fundamentally sort of making the right decisions at the right times, involving the right people in those conversations. Um, and why is it important to get um, this work right around obviously social performance um, and especially obviously as an industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't make this point earlier, but it was one of the things that I often sometimes highlight when I get asked about what social performance is. And that's, you know, we really see social performance as part of core business. So, you know, I think where the emphasis in the past has really been around CSR, in many ways that becomes sort of an adjacency. It's, you know, you do, you do core business and then you do the stuff that makes you sort of a good corporate citizen. And that's really not the approach that we're taking at Anglo-American. And the reasons why it's, it's, it's core to the business, I mean, a lot of the times it can be so simple as to say, when you don't do this right, it will cost you, it will cost you financially, it will cost you resources at some time. And those might not always be apparent immediately. It could be that there's some lag between sort of a decision that happens and then the impact being fully felt. Um, but, you know, we've got, we've got loads of examples within our business. And then you also see countless cases externally. So there's one happening right now, the Quahone mine in Southern Peru that's owned by Southern Peru Copper, you know, a mine that's been blockaded for more than a month now. That absolutely comes with a financial cost. Um, And I've seen other examples in our own business where because we've not taken some of those social performance and the, the local community aspects into consideration through the planning, you'll end up with operational constraints later. So for example, one where there's significant cultural heritage and there's communities actually living within an area where that we need for dumping of waste materials. And because those issues have not been well-managed previously, what we now find ourselves is having to make constant changes to the mining plan and also having to secure additional equipment because we don't have enough now that we're looking at, at longer um, longer routes that, that waste needs to be transported. So we'll almost always come with some kind of operational cost. Um, and then I think if we look at it more broadly, it will be areas around, you know, uh, recruiting and retaining talent, right? So the war on talent, everyone's trying to make sure they've got the right skills in their business. Um, people want to work for purposeful companies. They want to work for companies that are doing these kinds of things well, you know, broadly, I think, across the sustainability area. And uh, certainly when we're trying to recruit new individuals into the business, this is a huge focus. Um, you know, what are will they have an opportunity to work for a company that's trying to Im- improve the improve the areas where they're operating. They're trying to make a positive contribution to society. I mean, I think it's it's sometimes that, well, not simple. That That's not a simple ambition to have. But I think those are the kinds of conversations that we're, we're seeing, um, people really asking those kind of questions. Um, <clears throat> what are the, the key factors in obviously getting this right? What needs to happen um, at a mine site level in uh, sort of performing um, well on social performance? So <clears throat> I think a key thing is really around the leadership at the site level. So again, creating an environment where the right voices are being heard. So 
the, the site team, the, the social performance team on site is involved in the right conversations, involved in the decision-making that might be happening around mind planning, um, different uh, mitigation measures that might need to be taken on, say, you know, for example, if there could be blasting impacts on a nearby community or something, making sure that we're really thinking um, on an ongoing basis about what those impacts might be and how we'll, we'll be managing them. And that those teams are really empowered to be in the conversation, to be influencing um, the, the wider leadership across the site. So I would say leadership commitment is, is really critical. The other point, which I made, I think, earlier about um, ensuring you don't have teams that are in firefighting mode, that brings us back to this point around the, the capability and the capacity. Um, and then I think also really trying to, to drive a more cross-disciplinary way of working. So again, you know, the I think it was highlighted when I was talking about where social performance sits in that ESG equation, making sure that, you know, the environment managers on site are working with the social performance teams around what some of the environmental impacts might be at site, making sure that we're engaging local communities and local stakeholders about those. Um, and, and then similarly, I think on the safety side, there's quite a lot of interdependencies that you'd see between what we're doing on occupational safety and what we need to be doing and thinking about when it comes to community safety as well. So a real need for those teams to be working together. And, um, and again, I think that's something that really needs to come from the, the leadership um, at the site. And what would you say to leaders in the industry who don't know much about, obviously, social performance? Um, what do they need to know? And obviously, we get obviously a lot of CEOs on the on the podcast. Obviously, they listen to the podcast as well, and um, obviously, see executive managers. So, what what advice I suppose could you give to those types of people? Well, I think the the key message I would want to leave them with is social performance is about core business. If they are seeing this as an adjacency, then that's going to come back to haunt them in some way. Um, they will face surprises at some point and surprises almost always cost you as a business in some way, whether it's a financing in some kind of financial cost or uh, an inability to access resources that you might want, whether those could be uh, a particular uh, mineral resource or the human resource that you'll need for your business to be successful. And I suppose as concluding, what... Um what can the industry do uh, to improve the social performance? Is it, is it an industry-wide, um, I suppose, strategic thing that they need to think about? Is it a, from a company perspective? Is it from an individual perspective? Is it from a, a certain particular teams? What would you say needs to be done to improve social performance as an industry? Um, and maybe who, who's responsible for that or is everyone responsible for it? Yeah, um, I think a key thing is probably how we're working together across many companies. And some of this happens, of course, through our industry associations. So for us, the really key one is around um, is the ICMM, the International Council on Mining and Metals. Um, we do a lot of work looking at many issues across sustainability and social performance is a particular focus for the association at the moment. And I think that's really about trying to drive improved practice across, across the industry and across the, the members. And then I really think it's on the member companies, you know, those of us in the industry to be working together in a more active way and, you know, in the areas where we have a common footprint. 
So we've got lots of examples in our business where you know we are one mine of of many in in a given area. And it's all well and good for Anglo American or Rio Tinto or you know BHP to be doing things really well. But if the companies around us in in the in the wider area are not also doing things well, I mean we all get painted with that brush. Um, and sometimes we're even experiencing the same kinds of impacts. So it could be that we all share an access road into into a, a mining area. If the community's upset and and blockading that road because of the actions of of one mining company, well, we'll all be affected by that to some extent. Um, and I think it also comes around to the kind of wider views in society on mining. You know, we all need mining to continue to be seen as a a, a needed industry and as a viable industry going forward. You know, we will be and we are producing the metals that are going to support the energy transition that the world needs. And in order for us to do that, we need to have this, there, there needs to be societal acceptance for mining. So, um, yeah, I think there, there is really a need for more collective action on on many things in, in the sustainability space, and I think social performance in particular. And I would say, especially those areas where we're engaging with a lot of the same stakeholders or our our operations are being um, experienced by the same stakeholders in a country or in a in a local community. Yeah, Trisha, really appreciate your time in uh, um, telling us more about obviously social performance. It is an important subject, and I suppose we can't just rely on the industry to to have an impact or, or make that uh, a standard a standardized thing. I think it's individuals as well. Um, so really appreciate you. Uh, Tennis, us, uh, tennis, us and I suppose giving us some views and some thoughts, thoughts and things to think about. And obviously, people that are listening to this um, appreciate. It. Obviously, you can take note and just think about it in your own business and in your own work in how you can how you can improve obviously social performance. And if everyone does their little bit, hopefully the industry as a whole will will improve their social performance as a as a as a whole. So um, if our audience wants to reach out to, out to you, if they've got any questions or if they want to get some advice from you, how can they go about doing that? And are you across any sort of social media platforms? Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm active on LinkedIn. And, um, and also I can say that all of our, all of Anglo-Americans social performance policy standards, guidance and everything, it's, um, it's all housed on our website in our social way platform. So when we, our, our stuff all comes together in under the social way umbrella and it's fully accessible. So very happy for people to, to look at that and to even use some of the guidance and the tools if they like. And yeah, and, and I can easily be found on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that's great as well. So um, obviously there's some, there's some um, information there if any of you have issues or you want to improve I suppose the way you're doing things around social performance there's obviously some uh, content content there that you can go and access which is uh, which is great um, obviously you can reach out to uh, Trisha as well um, I think it's obviously an important subject so I appreciate those that are listening if you can share amongst um, amongst the community others in the industry um, people that you know people within your company, people that you may have worked with before, appreciate if you can share this episode with them because it it's affects everyone uh, within the industry. So appreciate, again, your continued support in uh, 
this podcast and again sharing this episode amongst friends family others in the industry is uh is really appreciated by us and so we can um obviously get this education and this content out further around the world so um thank you for everything and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry.